T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hole. Put him in the hole of fame. Parkinson Spiegel to the rack. Killed it in a foul. We're going to crank it up. Hey, it's time for a brand new episode of Give Me the Hot Sauce. If you're counting at home, this is episode 116. The big baller himself, LeVar Ball. When can Lonzo play basketball again? When will he be back? Well, be, like I told him, do everything slow. Until don't be 70% try to come out there. Be 100%. I mean, he had some debris and a nerve. That's going to cause you to do some other things. That's why he couldn't get nothing done. It was a nerve. Some of the debris was in the nerve. Don't allow you to bend and stretch like that, but all that's done now. So now it's about getting your strength back and then getting your endurance. And once you get your strength back, now you can see how long you can do it for. As LeVar Ball on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast, a very entertaining podcast with Stacey King and Mark Schanowski, a couple of friends of the show. We'll have Mark Schanowski on the line here in just a second. Debris in the nerve. I don't think that's a technical term. I don't think you can have debris inside a nerve, but debris touching up against a nerve, you probably could. Loose bodies is the debris that we're dealing with here. But we love talking bulls and anything with this guy. You uh, see him over at ABC7 and uh, covers the bulls very closely. And again, they give me the hot sauce podcast with Stacey King, Mark Shanowski with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Mark? Guys, I'm doing great. Nice to talk to you, Mark. The voice of the Windy City Bulls yes. as well. There you go. That's right. <laughs> That's a right. lot of stuff, Mark. Trying to keep track. Just made my first trip to Now Arena, actually, last weekend for the uh, the monster trucks out there. Yeah. It's a nice, easy drive out there. So we, we encourage people to come out and check out the Windy City Bulls. Uh, it's It's been interesting. You know, one of the things that uh, LeVar talked about yesterday was that if his three sons teamed up, that Leangelo Ball would lead the NBA in scoring, which you know, I had to chuckle at because I saw Leangelo play for the Greensboro Swarm, and he didn't even start on that team. So I, I don't think he's leading the NBA in scoring anytime soon. Well, good to see that Lavar is still attached to reality. That's that's, <laughs> that, that, that's good. Uh, what, what you know, I, we're we're not uh, medical doctors here, but we have microphones, so we have uh, outsized self-importance. What did you make of uh, fragments in a nerve on a knee? <laughs> Well, LeVar Ball is not a doctor, but he'll take on any role if you ask him to. I mean, he always has opinions about just about everything. But the one thing that really struck me in the interview, we talked to LeVar for about 40 minutes, and we encourage everybody to check out the podcast if if they have the opportunity. Um, He was so loud and so brash for almost the entire interview, 
But when I tried to pin him down on when is Lonzo going to play basketball again, he got extremely quiet. And that told me more than anything he actually said. He, he all of a sudden became very soft-spoken, chose his words carefully, and did not want to commit to any timetable for, for Lonzo's return. I thought going into the interview, he would tell us you know, very, very proudly and brashly that uh, Lonzo will be back in a month, and he'll be you know, the best point guard in the league and all the rest of it. We got none of that from LeVar. So I think he's worried. I think Lonzo's worried, and obviously the Bulls organization is worried about what the future is going to hold because if he can't get back, that pretty much is going to undo everything that our tourists tried to build over this last year and a half. So that's really interesting, Mark. You reading the the uh, the brashness and seeing it go down and, and reading the body language in, in that time – because I remember the last time he was on uh, a local outlet, I think it was uh, another podcast, and he was the same brashness, and it didn't wane, it didn't change. Um, and, and he talked about how, oh no, he's going to be back. We got to figure it out. And he talked about their own trainers needing to get back to their own trainers, and it led people to thinking that there was some sort of disconnect with the Bulls. That doesn't seem to be a factor anymore at this point. Is, is, that, is that correct from your conversations, that it's, it's not about the way the balls want to do it versus the way the Bulls want to do it anymore? Well, LeVar did repeat some of his previous claims that, that he knows best about what's, how Lonzo should rehab his knee, from his knee surgeries. And he said some of the crazy things that he said before, that the, the Bulls are doing the wrong thing, that running on a treadmill is bad. He should get back to work out here in Los Angeles and work with me. And oh, so he did. Him. So he did say oh, that yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, and and he said, yeah, you know, I'll cook him eggs and he'll drink a lot of milk, and you know, it was crazy. You know, the, it was just the just the borderline not so stuff that he says at times. And you know, in a in a podcast format, we don't really have any time restrictions, so we could kind of let him go. But when when I tried to pin him down on that timetable, that's when he got really quiet. I think that. The Ball family is, is very worried about Lonzo's basketball future. Um, you know, he did say that if Lonzo can get back and play a couple of games at the end of the year, he would encourage him to do that, that he doesn't think that the organization should necessarily shut him down in hopes of getting ready for next year. He said as soon as he can get close to 100% and feels that he can do the things that he normally does in the basketball court, he should play, whether that's 20 games, 10 games, or two games at the end of the year. He thinks it's important for Lonzo mentally to get back on the basketball court. But, you know, Lonzo has said, and LeVar repeated in our interview yesterday, that uh, there is pain when he tries to ramp up activities with that knee. And right now, I think there are some large mental hurdles for Lonzo Ball to overcome as well as the physical pain. Mark, do you think Lonzo Ball plays basketball again? That's a good question. I, I've really thought a lot about that over the last few months. I don't know. You know, he, he may be heading down the path that we've seen with other players with serious knee injuries where they never can get on top of it. And, and you know, it, it limits their career. I hope that's not the case. I mean, as, as he said in the interview, Lonzo's only 25 and he's got plenty of time to rehab. You know, he tried to talk about the fact that other players like Jonathan Isaac took two and a half years to get back from a serious knee injury. He just came back last week and, you know, hope that we're not painting the picture of two and a half years for Lonzo, but his point was, people shouldn't put a timetable on when you should feel hundred percent recovered from knee surgery. Uh, but I think that uh, LaVar is worried about Lonzo's future because he was walked into a perfect situation here in Chicago where he was the, you know, the connective piece to make all of this work for the Bulls franchise. I mean, people forget 
we got to the All-Star break last season. The Bulls were tied with Miami for the best record in the East. And this year, of course, things have gone uh, in the opposite direction. You know, I, it's not all because of Lonzo Ball not being there, but he certainly was a big piece in so many areas, gave them another reliable three-point shooter. He was at the point of uh, attack on defense, a great passer in terms of getting rebounds and long outlet passes. I mean, he did a lot for that team, and they've been struggling to find ways to replace him ever since he's been out. Mark Schanowski is our guest. Give me the Hot Sauce Podcast, Voice of the Windy City Bulls, ABC7, talking Bulls with us on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. What do you expect AK to do a week from now at the trade deadline? That's going to be really, really fascinating to see what, what direction he decides to go. Obviously, they've got three more home games coming up. We'll see what they can do in those games. But at, by this point, he should know exactly what this team is. They've played 50 games at 23 and 27, and they have not had the ability to play consistent basketball from quarter to quarter, much less game to game. I mean, the last three losses they had, they had double-figure leads in both, and their inability to close out games has been mind-boggling, and it's not always the same culprit. I know a lot of, a lot of the fan page likes to, likes to dump on Zach Levine because he signed the max contract, and, and he was dreadful in that Indiana game in the fourth quarter. But you, know, you had Alex Caruso throw away an inbounds pass the other night that uh, gave, cost them a chance at a potential tying shot. You've seen DeMar DeRozan. He had eight turnovers the other night. I mean, you just – it's it just not the same guy from game to game, and, and they can't seem to sustain anything on either side of the court. If I was Arturis, I would seriously consider trying to cash in Nikola Vucevic for a pick. You certainly need to get a first-round draft pick back because they need to uh, try to improve that area where they've traded away so many picks and past deals. And if some team is willing to give you a first-rounder and, and a good uh, rotation player for Alex Caruso, I would consider that as well because – a defensive specialist on a team that's a middling squad that doesn't really do that much for you. I mean, Alex Caruso's a great piece on a contending team. I don't know if that he's really brings you that much on a team that's right in the middle right now. Yeah, those two seem the most likely, right? Every team would want Caruso. The contract right. is manageable. And Vooch is a guy who could walk for nothing um, at, at the end of the year. What's the trade market like for DeMar DeRozan out there, do you think? I mean, what, what do you possibly get? for a guy who's that good of a scorer, but that kind of complicated a piece, shall we say? Well, there's a lot of tread on those tires, even though he's played some of his best basketball for the Bulls over the last year and a half. You know, he's in his 14th season. Um, I believe he's 33 right now. And, you know, you wonder how much longer he can play at this level. I think right now, if you were willing to make that kind of a trade, you'd be trading at a high point in his value. I think a team like the Knicks with Tibbs would love to have a player like DeMar DeRozan who would give them another reliable score, a guy that can get you the tough points and get to the free throw line. Uh, a number of teams out west, uh, Phoenix, obviously the, the Lakers. I mean, the, the west right now is completely wide open. You've got Denver and Memphis at the top, but Memphis has really been struggling lately, and, and Denver's had a lot of injury issues with Murray and Porter Jr. to the point where you know, they might even want to add another scorer. So I think that there, there would be significant value for DeRozan. You know, if you were to trade him to the Knicks, you could maybe get a couple of young players and, and a couple of picks because the Knicks have done a pretty good job of stockpiling some extra first-rounders. So I think that would be an, an interesting uh, avenue to explore. I think right now Arturis just has to decide which, which direction is he going. If, if you're going to keep DeMar, then you're going to have to consider signing him to an extension this summer and that could come in at, at huge money, which we would tie them up in terms of their salary cap for years to come. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask about, though, Mark. I, I mean, buy, sell, stand pat. I feel like the obvious move here is selling, even if it 
puts you into danger of giving Orlando a better draft asset, and it's not incredibly likely that you'll get into the bottom four where the pick would be protected and you would keep it. You got to look at that as a sunk cost. You already made the trade. So I would sell. Um, I certainly wouldn't buy. I don't see why you would throw more future assets to chase the play-in game in a first-round playoff loss at best this year. And I suppose standing pat would be the second option. Do you see a scenario where that order is different in any way? Well, I think, you know, our tourist, one of the things he said when he initially came to Chicago was that he is the most patient man you'll ever want to meet. And I, I think that you don't want to see patience turn into stubbornness. You know, you have to be able to look at a 50-game sample size and realize that there are some serious drawbacks with the way, A, this team was constructed, and B, the way it's playing under the current coaching staff. So there, there, there are issues that they have to really take a hard look at. And, you know, the business of basketball also factors in. Vooch will be a free agent at the end of the year. If you're not going to sign him, then you should cash him in for an asset at the deadline. Even if that turns out to be a couple of second rounders, at least you, you start to build back some draft capital. Uh, in terms of DeMar, you know, they have to look at what he's going to want in a future contract and the, the very likelihood that his play will start to decline at some point in the very near future. So if I were in that seat, I, w- I would look at the, the best possible trades I could make to recoup some draft capital and maybe get a couple of decent young rotation players that you can add to the mix. And then, you know, you've got Zach on that max contract, which I think despite the rumors we've seen about him possibly, you know, being headed to the Lakers, I, I don't think that a lot of teams are going to want to take on that contract at this particular point. So, you know, I, I think that you, you, you rebuild around Zach and Patrick Williams and, and hopefully some more draft picks that you bring in. Do you, do you have any read on the leash and how long it is for Arturis? I mean, we celebrated the process and the hiring, and Michael Reinsdorf seems to be so happy. Like, if he, if he aggressively decides to blow it up and recoup in the way that we're talking about, is he assured of getting a chance to achieve another vision if he starts fresh? Yeah, I'm pretty confident that there's a long leash there. You know, they, they did a, a thorough search in bringing him in. The hire was widely hailed around the NBA, and Arturis is a guy that does command a lot of respect from from some very influential people around the league. So I think even if he decided that he wanted to blow it up and start over, I think he'd get support from Michael Reinsdorf and, and the rest of the powers that be in the organization. I think he, he would get a shot at, at, at trying to execute his vision again, even if they started at a lower level. And obviously with the, with the news that came out, uh, kind of almost accidentally that Billy Donovan got a contract extension. I don't think he's going anywhere. So I think this this leadership team is in place for a while. If Arturis decides that the best course is to try to make some significant trades and, and get back some draft capital, I don't think that uh, ownership will fight him on that. Mark Schanowski mm-hmm. talking bulls with us on the score. What do you think Patrick Williams has showed this year in terms of a potential ceiling? Yeah, you know, he, he's one of those guys that, that it can be maddening to watch. Sometimes he looks like like he's got all the potential in the world, and other times he just seems comfortable standing in the corner and, and waiting for the ball to get him on a, on a rotation to shoot a three. He definitely has all the physical traits at, at six seven, about two thirty. You know, when he puts his mind to drive into the basket, he can dunk over the top of people. Um, he's got the power to get to the free throw line, but we don't see that much because he doesn't really try to initiate contact that often. We actually saw a clip from. Billy Donovan at practice the other day where he was trying to coach him up on how to jump into people when you're, when you're going to the basket so you can get to the free throw line. He's just a, a very raw prospect. I, I don't think the book has been written on what his ceiling can be. I don't think he's an all-star type of player, but I think he can definitely be a, a 15.8 rebound kind of guy, which you would certainly want to have 
uh, in your starting lineup. There have been moments where we've seen him as a playmaker, make a nice pass here or there, attack and get to the middle, get, you know, what can be done to get him more chances to show that? And let's see if that can develop. Do they have to trade DeMar or Zach in order to facilitate that kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's really difficult on a starting lineup that has three former All-Stars on it to expect that, you know, your third-year forward is going to get a lot of shots. And I think that is one of the things that's kind of held back his development, even to the point where Billy even tried earlier in the season to put Javante Green in the starting lineup so that Patrick could get more opportunities to shoot with the with the second unit. But then we saw the one great clip uh, in the game last week where Zach passed in the bullet corner and actually yelled at him when he passed it along to another guy to shoot. You know, the, the players want him to try to be more aggressive on the offensive end, but it just doesn't seem like that's in his DNA. He's, he's a player that I think has always been taught that to be a pass-first, good teammate kind of guy. And for him to be a, a super aggressive alpha in an NBA offense doesn't seem like that really is what he's all about. What do you think of the job Billy Donovan's doing this year? I think he's ready to tear his hair out because nothing seems to be working. I mean, he, he has tried to change the rotation up at different times to give different guys more minutes. And, um, you know, whether it's DeMar playing with the second unit or Zach playing with the second unit, he's trying to find a way to sustain their offensive flow for 48 minutes. But I think, you know, one of the things that's really struck me at several occasions this year in post-game press conferences, he's almost bared his soul to the point where he said, we just don't have any margin for error. And, and in a, it was an inevitable regression after what happened last year where we got lucky with DeMar's buzzer beaters and we won so many close games. It's very rare that you'll see a coach pour his heart out one time, much less three or four during the course of the season to say, you know what, we weren't really that good last year and I kind of expected that we'd take a step backwards. Very, very uh, not atypical of what a coach will say in a post-game news conference. So I think Billy has is, is been searching for answers himself. I think he's wondering why it doesn't work with uh, Zach DeMar and Vooch better than it has to this point. And I think, you know, he would probably not be the most uh, unhappy person in the in the room if uh, AK decided to make some changes before next Thursday. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what it feels like, that he's kind of a – a vessel or an emblem of all of our frustration that it yeah, is it really is yeah, yeah that it is indeed there he's got to wear some of it too though i know i know but but i wonder how much of it is like an agreement with the front office to not uh, coach the veterans hard like they want to be a, a vet friendly place and, and that's what he's doing because he doesn't he doesn't coach zach and demar super hard does he mark he seems to kind of uh, let them do their thing for the most part well, I remember the one game where Zach was really struggling with a shot and he pulled him out of the game late yeah. and Zach went to the media and complained that, you know, I've earned the right to be on the floor. Even if I think he was like one for 14 that game. And he said, well, maybe I could have made some free throws late that would have helped us win the game. So obviously uh, Zach isn't really open <laughs> to being benched in those situations. And, and I'm sure DeMar is pretty much along the same lines. And, you know, I was thinking it really gets us back to where we started the conversation with Lonzo Ball. It seemed like you know, it was kumbaya last year with Lonzo and, and Alex on the defensive end and DeMar and Zach both made the all-star team. They both were scoring over 25 points a game. Everything was working great. Everything, everybody seemed to be getting along. Everyone was happy and the team was winning. And now you'll see, uh, you'll see at times uh, Vooch give a side eye to either Zach or DeMar when they don't pass the ball in the post. And, and at times it doesn't seem like, you know, with Zach and DeMar, it's your turn, my turn offense, which generally isn't successful in the NBA. 
I, I think, you know, the, the happiness quotient has gone down a lot this season. And, and as you continue to lose that, that we're going to see more and more of that. And it's tough to, to Billy to try to figure out a way to, to get the best out of these guys. And, you know, we've got one week to the trade deadline. So there, there's not much more time to figure out whether it's either going to stay with this group or going to make some changes. The Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, the voice of the Windy City Bulls, ABC7, and an authority on all things Bulls basketball. Mark Shanowski, thank you for the time, sir. Yeah, you know, we talked on the podcast, too, about your fantastic interview with uh, Patrick Mahomes Sr. the other day. That was, that was some fantastic stuff. And, and Stacy Stacey couldn't believe it that, uh, that Patrick Mahomes could have been here winning, uh, winning championships for the Bears. He oh, well, thank you for the plug. That's awesome. That's awesome. They needed a better process. They had a really bad process in that draft, Mark. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, and, uh, and Stacey, you know, Stacey's a big Justin Fields fan. But the thought of Patrick Mahomes playing uh, for the Bears is just uh, almost too much to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an alternate reality that is still kind of depressing. Thank you, Mark. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Look at us, Odyssey teammates playing well together. It's inspiring right here. Speaking of that, uh, that story came up on the morning show. The response at times, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, we could we could play some of that audio and uh, kick around uh, silly season as it comes to uh, Bears football. It's all coming up. And then Dave Wanstead is here 40 minutes early. The man is punctual, so he'll be in studio in a little bit. Parker to speak on the score. Morning, boys. What's going on? Oh, God. It's perfect. <laughs> Biggs is alive. It's alive! Morning, boys. Oh, it's perfect. Morning, boys. I'm drawing on. Great football segment. Damn near every day. 7 a.m. on Mully and Haw. Really good this morning. Talking about the Senior Bowl. Talking about a lot of stuff. I listen every day. Every day he's on. I check it out. Read 10 thoughts religiously. We're lucky to have him as a beat writer in this town. And congrats to Mully. Getting an award from Loyola. Yeah. I just saw that email. That's really cool. He's going into the Loyola University Athletic Hall of Fame question. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Put him in the Hall. Yep. That's it, great. It's, it's an award um, about humanitarianism. I got the uh, former Loyola men's soccer student athlete Mike Mulligan will receive the William A. Finnegan S.J. Memorial Award, which is awarded in recognition of outstanding humanitarian humanitarianism excuse me and service to youth through athletics mulligan who played for the ramblers from 81 to 84 is a former sports reporter with the tribune and currently serves as the host of mullion hall on 670 score congratulations that is really cool bill fickner should weigh in too don't you think i mean because Mm -hmm. yeah congratulations go ramblers perfect (laughs) how about that that's very cool that guy is a very happy and loyal loyola alum so i guess it's a separate award than the hall of fame but it's going to be at the hall of fame ceremony but it's it's almost cooler it's it's built around uh humanitarianism that's so cool it's almost cooler than being a hall of famer yeah no but it's a a singular award there's like a group of people going into the hall of fame he's the only person receiving this award it's more of a spider than it is a snake i'm just saying it's it's a clarification that had to be made yeah that's all i meant that's, that's what I meant, but it's at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, for Loyola. That's yeah. great. Glad handle big sponsors. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. That yeah. wasn't a shot at you messing them up. That was that was like, well, would you rather have an award or would you rather be in the Hall of Fame? Well, but it's like the It'll Ford be in the Hall of Fame eventually. But it's like the Ford C Frick Award where you do go to the Hall of Fame. And you're there, but you're getting an award at the Baseball Hall of Fame. You know, I think you're right. I think so. It's my perception of it, anyway. Yeah. Talking out of my butt. Either way, congratulations. And whichever one Mully got, 
is the cooler of the awards. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, the, that's point. the official stance yeah. of the Parkinson Spiegel show. Damn right. Um, and if Les was still around, he would give it to him at the DePaul Northwestern game. That Which would not make much sense given that it's a Loyola <laughs> award, but it's how we do things around here. Uh, so... You know, we just found out uh, from Mark Schanowski that uh, the Pat Mahomes senior interview still making waves. Stacey King was uh, shocked by it and wanted to think about the alternate universe of Mahomes on the Bears and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so today was the last question uh, from Haw to Biggs about what he thought about what Pat Mahomes senior said. All right, Brad, what was your reaction to Patrick Mahomes senior telling the Parkinson Spiegel show that the Bears had assured Patrick Mahomes junior that they were going to draft him the other day i i never got that from people in Mahomes camp um leading into the draft or or immediately after the draft and in fact what i had gotten from the camp immediately after the draft and and no one knew right uh, three days a week three weeks after the draft that patrick Mahomes was going to do uh, what he did that um, there was this um, stunned feeling that um, Patrick Mahomes was ticketed for Hallis Hall, and at the last second, there was some sort of uh, shift. You know, I mean, you can you can go back and look at that draft, and obviously, the Bears got it wrong, and they they got it more wrong uh, than was necessary. They they could have uh, they could have stayed at number three and been just as wrong. Right. So um, it's, and it's going to, it's going to pain the bears and the organization until they get a quarterback up and running. That's playing um, even anywhere near uh, the level that Patrick Mahomes is at, which is operating as one of the, uh, I mean, he's quickly becoming one of the greatest quarterbacks to, to ever play the game. So, um, you know, the, the, yeah, the Bears blew it. Newsflash. <laughs> You're the best, Big Z. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Newsflash. All right. Newsflash kills me. What's your, so, 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 uh. like, it, what's your favorite part? Because, all right, the Bears blew it. Newsflash. Yeah, it's all great. Right, all right, it's the great. Bears blew it. Newsflash. Uh, now, now that was that was the leader going into us playing the, the the bit. It's the obvious choice, but can I suggest the sigh before he begins answering uh, the question? Hi, right, Brad. What was your reaction to Patrick Mahomes Sr. telling the Parkinson Spiegel Show that the Bears had assured Patrick Mahomes Jr. that they were going to draft him the other day? I, <laughs> I never got that. Exasperation. I'm going to have to answer this, aren't I? Going to have to talk about those two jamokes in the afternoon. Oh, boy. Biggs sounds like he'll do anything to invalidate anything that happens on this show. (laughs) God forbid someone in in Patrick Mahomes' camp is closer to Patrick Mahomes than his father. (laughs) His dad, Brad. <laughs> Brad, it's his father. His, his father said, just to recap, his father said, my son thought he was going to be a bear and, and was, he was disappointed. Hurt. And it hurt him. Yeah. That's not what I heard. Uh, no. I, see, I, I talked to Brad's second grade uh, elementary school teacher's ex-girlfriend who works at the ice cream store in the neighborhood, and they didn't hear that. 
<laughs> Rocky Wirtz's so dental good. hygienist told me that. Yeah, no, God, that's amazing. It's, I mean, it's unnecessary. It's, so it's okay. It's, it's all right. unnecessary. No, it's a delightful. I actually at this point prefer it this way. <laughs> it's so funny. I. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But I, I will say, uh, I mean, he's not alone in the feeling of <sighs> that sigh. And he's certainly not alone in the news flash. Like, I got a lot of that on Twitter and elsewhere. Yeah. Didn't you guys? The Bears blew it. News flash. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's why. Get it's... over it. Let it go. I got a lot of that. No, that that line from Biggs is classic. It's going to it's gonna be used. We're going to be able to use that for the next 20 years. Yeah, uh, the Bears blew it. News flash. Uh, that, that's, that's basically their slogan. Put it on a T-shirt. Put it on a billboard. That's uh, what they do. That's tremendous. It was so good. Hey, um, it's so good. Hey, I got a little something here. Uh, remember when I told you guys uh, that while I was in Mexico. Um, Which trip was this? Yeah, I know. It was trip number two. Okay. Um, while I was listening to uh, the loving tribute for our friend Lynn Bramer, I painted a ceramic fish. Oh, right? No. <laughs> and um, yeah. I have since uh, offered that fish to my son, my 11-year-old son, because it's a piggy bank. It's a ceramic fish piggy bank. And I said, Ruben, you know, I thought maybe you could have this as a piggy bank. You know, I painted it, and if you'd like it, uh, you could have it. And he paused and he said, I think you should have it. (laughs) So he's not interested in your gift. He's not interested in my ceramic fish. So I bring it in. See Matt Spiegel's son, Ruben, over there. Yeah, you bet. So here is my ceramic fish, Nemo, that I painted and I'll put it right over here. And I'm offering you don't have it. To. <laughs> I'm offering it to you guys. I perhaps, perhaps Eli or Owen would enjoy a piggy bank that is a ceramic Nemo. Yeah, that well, is. B- b- maybe you should have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. No, I will. How about Ruben going with? I think you should have it. It's like, a really nice way. Oh, of you're saying, putting it next to Dan Patrick's Marconi. Yeah, it, is it, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Well, the, you know the uh, the midday guys use their have their coffee and their Connect Roasters. We've got Dan Patrick's Marconi and my ceramic painted fish. Okay. on display on the Twitch stream. Here's Any, the thing. Anybody interested? Tanny, uh, would you like a ceramic fish? I, I, no. Oh boy, Shane. Um, would you I, like- I mean, here's the thing. Owen does love Nemo. And he does? Owen, yeah, loves him. Lo- loves Nemo. So he would take it. But So we got him a, a, a dino piggy bank for Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, okay. But, but like he. Hanukkah or Christmas, the privilege, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's true. I mean, yeah, guilty yeah. as charged. Yeah. Uh, but the kid has no cash. He's no money. He will, though. Will he? He will eventually. Yeah, Cash he... is going extinct. Uh, I thought Owen was a Bitcoin guy. <laughs> Big crypto guy. That's why Giselle divorced him. Is that... Yeah. She... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm mixing that it's up. It's very confusing. Yeah. But, I mean, I, yeah, he would, like, be amused at that for a minute, I suppose. He would? Okay. I mean, he likes Nemo. Right. He would probably say, why are the eyes the wrong color? Uh, well, yeah, he'd wonder about the purple eyeshadow and the But, but the you were doing eyebrows. this when you were mourning Lynn Bramer. I why, was. Why, why don't you want it? I guess I should. I guess I should keep it. It is nice. I will think of Lynn every time that I look at it. Yeah, you know? Owen will not. No, that's true. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll just keep it here. I'll, yeah, I'll, why do you keep it here? I'll keep it here. I'll keep it at the office. That's what you do with stuff that uh, your wife doesn't really want you at all to have in the house, and your and your own son says, "I think you should have it." Yeah, yeah, I'll keep it here. It's in the a office. solid level of disinterest. Remember okay. the last time you brought us gifts, and fifty percent of them were. 
declines? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the stuff from the kitchen? Yeah. Well, yeah. And how about less? You're just cleaning out your house <laughs> and trying to get what, what do you think we are? Was, was this a planned project, like something set up through the resort? Or no. did you bring your own ceramic fish <laughs> on vacation with the intention to paint it? I went to the activities uh, desk there at the resort and said, do you have any art stuff that people do? I like doing art stuff. So, it, 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 and no, nobody that I was with wanted to do it with me. So it was, it was me solo. But that's okay. Yeah, no, Shane, I know you've got some of the gifts that I gave you from last year in the Dominican. You've got those uh, still in the office, right? The yeah, candle. The, the, the hat doesn't fit me, so I leave it here on display. <laughs> and the, the candle is still there. Okay. I haven't lit it yet, but All it right. looks nice. Okay. Well, Texas says maybe do a giveaway contest for the mob. Sure. I could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, we, this could be an option. This is a way to get prizes around here. <laughs> Things from Spiegel's kitchen or vacation that right. his son denied. Yes. There he didn't go. want it because he didn't bring. He wanted to go to Mexico. <sighs> Look I, what I brought back from Mexico for you. Actually, I brought him Mexican candy. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't know it's from the airport. But like a, a really a, elaborate, elaborately packed, strange batch of Mexican candy. He was thrilled. So let me get this straight. Yeah. You got us very thoughtful Dominican baseball hats. I did. You got your son Mexican candy from the airport. <laughs> Those are on different trips. Uh, I got him something from the Dominican, too. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, right. yeah. yeah different trips. Yeah. Just trying to serve we, up we didn't get anything from track. Mexico except it's, this fish. Yeah. This fish, True. which nobody yeah. wants. Maybe I'll make it our, uh, it's our show piggy bank. I'll, I'll keep it in the office. Perfect. All Every right. time you guys do something to piss me and Tanny off, you got to put five bucks in there. <laughs> I don't care that much cash. Every, every time we go late to a break. Uh, very inspiring morning in North Austin. Sports connection making a difference in the city. Uh, I'll tell you that story coming up. Dave Wanstead at 4 o'clock. Barkin Speak on the score. As far as the commitments go, this is home. I, I feel like I've grown up in Chicago. So created family, have a son now, being a husband, making a commitment to them and to making the environment around us you know, a better place and, and being a part of that growth means the world to me. And so with the Jason Hayward Baseball Academy, with the other charities and nonprofits that, that we've been a part of, you know, this city with so many people, so many unique situations, I feel like it's been awesome to be a part of. I'm all in, fully committed on, on the city of Chicago, and I can't wait to see what's ahead for the city. That was Jason Hayward on Inside the Clubhouse. And it's um, it's really, really inspiring. Just an athlete putting his literal money where his mouth is and his action uh, behind it. We'll talk to Dave Wanstead. He's going to be in studio with us uh, BSing and drinking and telling stories like normal coming up in a few minutes. But had a pretty inspiring morning, uh, Speaks. I was, I was invited to the ribbon cutting today for a huge multi-sport facility and the newest by-the-hand kids club uh, in North Austin today over in the 1900 block of North Laramie. I saw your tweet, and the pictures are stunning from the Jason Hayward Baseball Academy. Yeah, so it, but it, it's interesting. Like, it's, it's more than that. And for anyone who's – people have been asking, there have been – construction delays and there were permit problems and supply chain and it's been very difficult to uh follow through and build this grocery store but we will be opening austin harvest uh mid to late spring so we are a few months away it is happening construction is going as we speak it's going to be an amazing thing and the kids still have the program going and the the pop-up mart's been going and it's uh the kids are going to college um 
it's it's been amazing to watch them do with that project. But this is a separate thing, but I've just kind of been following it and been in touch with them because of our relationship with By the Hand back from uh, the Radiothon. So we'll be doing a whole score broadcast when uh, Austin Harvest opens the full-time facility. But So that's separate from this, but, they, but By the Hands did this with two other organizations, International Sports and uh, the Grace and Peace Revive Center. And it's a 35.8 million dollar facility. So think about that level of in- investment and infrastructure on the west side of Chicago. And I have some numbers here. So the new by- the new by the hand club, okay? 400 kids free after school every day. Hmm. It's the first by the hand club that's fully bilingual because it's 70% Latinx uh, students, 30% African-American students uh, that are going to be attending the By the Hand Club on the West Side. Then that is attached to the sports complex, which is where the Jason Hayward Academy is and the Chicago Fire have a field. They have an NFL-sized field. They have baseball diamonds, basketball courts. They have an eSports lounge. All these the weight room, training facilities, tutoring programs, computer labs, state-of-the-art, everything wow. that, that you could possibly think of. This is all within this it, place. Think of like the biggest community center you've ever seen, basically, because it's in a, it's in a unique place, right, where there, there's, there's a big Latino community, there's African-American community, but then there's also some affluent suburbs over there, and this is where they will draw from and they'll all kind of come together. So they were speaking to me about like this, the image of the idea of like bringing different, you know, races and cultures and uh, socioeconomic background all together. And so here are some of the stats that they're going to do. So it was built on what was literally toxic ground that had become like a hotbed for uh, crime. And HUD estimated that just by tearing down the toxic forest, they probably reduced crime in the area by roughly thirty percent. And they are expecting. 25,000 kids a year to go through the facility, 250,000 visitors a year because there are, there's jobs, teachers, parents, there's spectators, there will be leagues, all tournaments, all sorts of things. And the, the sports leagues and activities will be at a reduced cost for the community or on a sliding scale based on income. And then on the weekends, they will be able to host big tournaments, like real AAU tournaments, travel tournaments, like to actually generate revenue Mm. for the community so that it can be a fully year-round operational nonprofit organization so that they can basically take the money from the paid leagues and filter it back into the community. Jason Hayward donated a million dollars. A million dollars. To get this whole thing going. And he brought together a ton of people. I mean, Roger Goodell was involved. Acho's charity was involved. He's the MC over there today. So it's the largest multi-sport uh, complex uh, in Illinois. There were I, I heard that Kirk Cousins was uh, there last week because he was coming in to tour it because he wants to spearhead something like this for kids in Minneapolis. Mm. I ran into Austin Carr today. He's the president over at International Sports. He's like coaching youth football over there on the west side. So it, it's just like a... It was crazy inspiring. It was one of the nicest buildings I'd ever been in, to be honest with you. $36 million facility, brand new. And for all the talk that Jason Hayward gets, 
this is like largely, and there's a ton of other people, but like a big part of it was his vision. And I'm told he was involved basically every step of the way. And he's there today for the ribbon cutting. And wow. he just, he just, he deserves the accolades, man. Because when people talk about, you know, the ground balls to second base, he, he is much, much more for that. He lives in this city. He's made Chicago his home. And, uh, the dude is the goods. I'm, uh, I'm glad you went. I'm glad you got a chance to see it and get that tour. And obviously it, it resonates uh, with you um, so deeply based on the work that, that you've done with, with By the Hand and they with just Austin do, Harvest. They just do amazing, amazing work. It's just, it's just very impressive, like, all like the range of things that they've thought of mm-hmm. to give kids in terms of free after school activity. Like, well, it blows I, my mind. As you're talking about it, the the holistic nature of it with all those things involved is exactly what you would want in a neighborhood like that, where all those things can can come together and be available so people don't kids don't go to it once and be like okay you know what i don't want to play baseball so i'm never going back okay that's fine no you don't want to play baseball that's fine go do yeah go take advantage of all these other things and and jason hayward is a remarkable guy and he's always been a remarkable guy i remember the first time ever talking to him and learning about his parents who met at Dartmouth and like the way that they raised him and the way that his life has always been about more than just sports. Even as he chased baseball, it always has been about more. So no surprise when things go very well and when he makes a lot of money, he does this kind of thing with it. And think, think about this moment in the timeline here for the man who was designated for assignment and doesn't have a team right now and is a free agent. And the way the Cubs career went – was it went so wrong and it's over and they all tried to end it with as much grace and class as they can and they did and here is Jason back in town seeing the vision through regardless of how the baseball part worked out regardless of how the professional part worked out here he is making sure that this part gets done the way that he wanted to and the way that you're describing it's just awesome it's so cool man I mean the indoor field is legitimately bigger than the size of an NFL field. The Bears could hold practice in there. Like, the ceilings are crazy high. You could literally play a World Cup soccer game I mean, or it, an NFL game It means you could there. have multiple things going on. You could oh, have a soccer d- game on one side and baseball practice on the other and pitching in the middle and whatever. They had, ba- they had batting cages. They had agility rooms, weight rooms, an eSports lab, the ability to, like, curtain everything off, like, full-length NBA-sized basketball courts, but then yeah. also hoops on the sides for, you know, so you could play, like, uh, horizontal, basically, instead of real length of the court, so shorter courts for the younger kids. It, I mean, they thought of everything there, there's there's a couple lessons in there once you find people who legitimately are doing good works like this keep supporting their endeavors yeah. you know so like if if hayward stays involved stays connected and does other stuff know that this is the kind of vision this is the kind of thing and also that goes for organizations it's hard to figure out what charities to support what agencies to support what groups to support You've now gotten to know by the hand They're, awfully well. They are they are incredible. So, they, they they are incredible incredible people. So uh, keep yeah. keep sharing things that they do and and folks out there if you if you see uh, an endeavor that they're a part of know that it is intentioned like this and will happen in a good way yeah it was it was truly inspiring stuff and like i saw videos of the kids who got the walkthrough and they're just like running around and they just they they couldn't believe that anything like that 
uh, was, was in their neighborhood. And so it was just, it was, it was a very cool morning. I was sorry I wasn't able to make it to, to the ribbon cutting ceremony, but it was like there were going to be a thousand people over there. And the mayor, the lieutenant governor is going to be there. Hayward's there. Acho's there. So everyone's there uh, this afternoon. It should be wrapping up actually right about now. But uh, it's open. It's like I said, 1800, 1900 block of uh, North Laramie over there on the west side in Austin. And uh, Jason Hayward and a lot of people doing the good. So uh, shout out to GNP and International Sports and by the hand Cubs Charities was involved uh, Athletes for Justice was involved Jason Hayward was involved so a lot of people doing good work for the city of Chicago Dave Wanstead always does good work he gave Shane a present oh what a thoughtful gift it was he joins us in studio next on the score we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.